We're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 145 this morning. It's uh, printed in your bulletin uh, there for you. Uh, before we read this text, though, I don't know how many of you will uh, find yourself in this story. My wife, Kelly, loves uh, to do jigsaw puzzles. Me, not so much. Um, I... <laughs> I cannot, I don't know if, I don't know on which side of the fence you find yourself, whether you're a jigsaw or whether you just can't do it. I cannot do it. Kelly loves it. Um, I don't have the patience, the, the, the intricacy that it requires, the attention to detail, uh, the little pieces. And what really boggles my mind, and maybe you have a friend or a loved one, um, that is in the same boat. Kelly loves to put jigsaw puzzles together, not looking at the box, which really blows my mind because you've got just a pile of mess that you don't know heads or tails from, and yet somehow it creates this beautiful picture. Um, that, I, while I am not gifted at it, and while I don't enjoy it, um, I enjoy watching my wife do it. Uh, it's not really uh, my cup of tea. I do think there's some similarities uh, between uh, jigsaw puzzles and life, uh, especially even uh, the Christian life, especially in relation with um, God, our Heavenly Father, through uh, Jesus, His Son, You've got this pile of mess, these pieces all over the place scattered, and some turned right side up and some turned wrong, and uh, they're just a, a big mess. And here the Creator uh, puts these pieces together to form a masterpiece. And even greater than that, uh, He gives us these minds, uh, these hearts, where along the way, we're able to look at what will be a masterpiece and see how the pieces fit together, begin to see how the pieces fit together. It's going res to result in something glorious one day. We can't see the fullest of the picture, uh, but we're able to look back, uh, even uh, the youngest of us teenagers, you're able to look back and see like, man, I did not expect to get here through those means. Uh, and yet the Lord provides. Um, I think that's similar. Uh, not only is it uh, relevant in jigsaw puzzles, but it's also relevant uh, in life. And I think that's what is a, a glimmer of what we have here in uh, Psalm 145 uh, this morning. As we wrap up this series of the blessed life, what it looks like to live in blessing, uh, live in the blessings of God. I think an enormous component of living in the blessings of God and enjoying those and longing for those is this art of recollection, uh, this meditation, uh, if you will, on our journey and our relationship with God. I think that's what we have in Psalm 145. This is the last recorded uh, Psalm of King David in the Psalter. And so you can, you already get the sense before we even read it, uh, David uh, penned 
an enormous amount of the Psalms. And here, this is his last one. And so you have to believe that there's enormous amounts of relationships, enormous amounts of goodness, enormous amounts of hardship uh, that, that have gone into this relationship. And these are the words, these are the culmination. Uh, this is the sum total of his, uh, his experience, his recollection uh, of his relationship with God. Let's read it together, Psalm 145. We did this in the first service. I know we don't normally do this, but change things up every once in a while just to keep it fresh. Why don't we stand uh, for as we read God's Word this morning? Psalm 145, a song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the frame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. All your works shall give, you thank, shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. You may be seated. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on our time in this psalm. Father in heaven, you have this, you have this beautiful ability to calm our hearts and settle our minds. You have uh, this wonderful, um, wonderful desire to be in such communion with us, such relationship with us that you can focus our hearts and all of our beings, our strength, our soul uh, on you and on your word. We ask that you would help us with that. As Jeffrey prayed, we're, we're fickle and it's easy for us to move from one thing to the next and forget 
uh, not only you, but forget what we're doing. And so we ask that you would, uh, that you would calm us and that you would help us uh, to be able to see uh, your greatness and uh, your goodness uh, even in this hour. Uh, we ask these things uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. What I want us to try to get our heads around uh, this morning in Psalm 145, maybe uh, in a sentence if uh, we can, is part of the blessed life is being able to recall God's greatness and God's goodness to you and to those around you and to this creation. God's greatness and His goodness. Those are the two things uh, that I want us to look at this morning. Those are the two things that I think David uh, highlights in this last of his psalms. He highlights and worships even uh, God's greatness and His goodness, not only to him, but to the people and to uh, creation. Let's start with this question, though. Has anyone's greatness ever moved you to feel so deeply about that person that you can't help but love and adore them? Has anyone's greatness moved you uh, where you can't help but adore or love them? David feels and articulates, especially in the first three verses, he feels blessed by uh, God, because of God's greatness, it, you can hear um, when he recalls his relationship with God, it's overwhelming because he can't mind the depths of the longevity that God has granted mercy to him throughout the years. As Jeffrey prayed, and as you see here in the scriptures, David's only word to describe this relationship is and God's greatness in this relationship is it's unsearchable. I can't I, like he. You can almost see him kind of trying to come up with words of how to worship God for His faithfulness, for His greatness, for His goodness. All these things, and, and all he can say is, "I can't plumb the depths of how great." Uh, you've uh, been to me. And so he blesses him and he praises him and he worships him. Not, and he, he says numerous times, not just now, but for the rest of my days. I, in other words, David realizes, God, you've been so great to me. Like, probably the only response I could have is just to worship you all the time. That's the essence of what he's saying uh, here in the first three verses. It's maybe we can equate it to a really good friendship. You know, I've heard it said numerous times that if you have one really good friend in life, you're, you're blessed, you know. One really special uh, friend that has just stood the test of time and um, been so uh, long-suffering. Um, it's not necessarily an event or a circumstance that defines that friendship. It's not a, a, a one-off thing, but really, but really the, the longevity and the, the time and time and time again, um, the abundant uh, kindness, the unbreakable through thick and thin, ever-increasing knowledge and intimacy that lasts years, maybe decades. I don't know if you have that type of friend. Uh, they're, sometimes they're uh, hard to come by. 
That's almost the sense that David is getting at here. God, you've been such a good friend to me. I can't even put it into words. The only thing I can do is adore and love and worship you. But it's not just the longevity that's a blessing uh, to David. It's also this really special gift that he gets at in verses 4 through 7, if you'll look with me. Uh, Two weeks ago, I had a friend, and hopefully you've had this experience. I'm sure you have. Uh, I had a a, a friend give me a a really, really special gift, like one that was completely undeserved, completely unwarranted. Um, I, I, I certainly didn't ask for it, and it was, comf- it was out of the blue. It was one of those gifts I, I can imagine um, you've probably received. It's one of those gifts that it takes your breath away. Like, you want to say something, but you realize that thank you is not enough. And, and thank you really doesn't do justice to what uh, this person has just extended to you, this thoughtfulness, this generosity, um, this care and concern. And this is what this friend uh, did for me. I was flabbergasted. And once it begins to settle in, the overwhelmed, overwhelmness begins to settle in, you realize, like, this is so great. I've got to tell somebody. That's exactly what David says in verses uh, 4 through 7. God, you've, been, you've given me this gift that I can't fully grasp. You've saved me. You've redeemed my life. You care about me so much that you have made me uh, your own. Your works, your deeds, your righteousness have been a great salvation to me. Not just spiritually, but physically and emotionally and mentally. You can almost hear David replaying God's greatness throughout the years in his mind. Like, God, you were really great when Goliath called me out. God, you were really great when I thought Saul loved me, but then he just wanted to kill me. And then I thought he loved me again, but then he wanted to kill me again. And I thought he loved me again, but then he wanted to kill me again. God, you were really great when I was waging war against all of those leaders and the Philistines and all those kings that I thought were going to do us in, and I was serving you and you were real. God, even in my darkest moment, even in my most sinful moment with Bathsheba, you were really great. You were really great to me. You, you forgave me. Uh, you lifted me out. You can almost hear him playing this out. He's been blessed by God's greatness. But he doesn't just focus on that individually. He, he focuses on that corporately as well. If you look in beginning in verse 8 and then going down through uh, verses 10 through 13, uh, David recalls God's greatness through this revelation, uh, this self-revelation that God gives on Mount Sinai uh, um, in verse 8 being, being slow to anger and abounding in love. And David uses this to highlight the beauty that God's greatness doesn't just extend to individuals, but it also extends corporately to people. And he uses this word kingdom to try to get at it. 
power and mighty deeds and glorious splendor are the defining characteristics of God's kingdom and His work in that kingdom. And there are numerous recipients under that kingdom, whether you're a part of uh, God's people or whether you're not, you still are under the blessings of a heavenly uh, Father. And so David is highlighting that this blessedness doesn't just extend to individuals, it also extends to many uh, people. But here's the reality that I want us to consider this morning. When you think about it in the scope of what we know as Scripture, David saw just like, I mean, he saw God's greatness, but he saw just a sliver of, uh, of God's greatness. It, certainly it was displayed to him individually and certainly uh, corporately, but it was going to be displayed unimaginably through David's own posterity. Think about this. Even the words in this psalm, when, when you expand them, you begin, you begin to think about them in light of what we know about Jesus in the New Testament, it, it, it begins to explode off the, the page. Mighty acts, wondrous works, righteousness, powerful splendor would come just like it did in the day of David, but it would come in the way no one expected. These same things that God is, that David is blessing God for would come in the form of a manger. And they would come in the form of a cross. And they would come in the form of an empty tomb. You see, this salvation that, that God is giving doesn't just get you out of a sticky spot. That's okay. But rather, this salvation through Jesus is that which saves us from the sin that dooms us, as Jeffrey Uh, prayed this morning. That's a great salvation. And the kingdom that doesn't wield its power uh, through uh, the sword or agendas or empty rhetoric, but a kingdom of humility and compassion and forgiveness and grace. David is worshiping a greatness like he hasn't seen in his day. And when we put David's psalm together with what we know about the gospel of Jesus, we also have the opportunity to worship worship a greatness like we haven't seen in our day. Uh, It's a beautiful invitation. And I think there may be, uh, as I was studying this week, there may be a few encouragements um, that I could offer um, in in helping you. They helped me uh, to... I don't know if consider is the right word, um, but maybe to work toward considering or being more aware of um, God's greatness. Uh, The first is intentional time. We're pretty intentional with our time towards uh, a lot of things. I wonder how it might change our daily disposition and our outlook and our hope and our relationships and our endeavors for peace if we took just a small intentional sliver of our daily walk with Jesus to think about His greatness to us and to His creation. You know, I, I, that, I know that sounds so simple, and when I thought of it, I was like, oh, Chad, you can't say that. Like, that's too elementary. But the reality is, like, our days slide by, at least mine does, our days slide by, and 
last down the list and well ahead of that, I consider my own greatness far more than I consider God's greatness. I consider the world's greatness far more than I consider God's greatness. I consider other people's greatness far more than I consider uh, my own greatness. And so I wonder what it would like, be like if we just intentionally tried to set aside, it doesn't have to be hours, you know, two or three minutes to think, how have I seen your greatness today, God? However, some of you may be in a spot where you're like, I'm in a really hard time right now, Chad, and I, there's no way I could get at God's greatness right now because I'm suffering or I'm enduring hardship or I'm sick or whatever the case may be. Here's the encouragement for you. David experienced every one of those things. If you read back through the Psalms, he wrote them down, actually. People hate me. I don't feel good. I'm struggling, Lord. And yet, over time, the continual walk of faith and journey with God got him here. This is the arrival point. So maybe you don't feel it today. And maybe it's difficult for you to see God's greatness and experience it. Uh, the encouragement is um, that we keep walking, we keep trying, we ask others to pray for us, um, those sort of things, and we trust that God will get us there. Another one, aside from intentional time, is maybe, and it's simple too, I apologize, um, maybe just considering on a more regular basis, um, what it was like when God first called you to himself. That great gift that David describes, uh, being saved, nothing is more humbling and life-giving and a means to usher us into worship than when we recall our own salvation. Um, when, when the questions like this come to mind, how did God call you to himself? When did God call you to himself? Who did God use uh, to call you to himself? And maybe the best one of all that will make you worship more than anything else is why did God call you to himself? Why? Um, if that doesn't drive you to worship, then I, I'm not sure you know, what else will. So remembering our salvation, remembering what it was like um, in our first days with uh, our Father. Lastly, in this remembering God's greatness is maybe that we ask um, for focus. I don't know if I'll ever do that or not. Um, sometimes, especially when I'm studying, I'm like, Lord, please, like, focus my mind um, there are so many kingdoms swirling around us today. Kingdoms uh, that are vying for attention and vying for allegiance and vying for the affirmation of greatness, whether that be political kingdoms or whether that be opinion kingdoms or whether that be kingdoms that we set up ourselves like our own kingdom, that are vying for attention and allegiance and affirmation. And that list could go on forever. I wonder what it would be like if we asked the Lord, hey, help, Lord, would you, would you help me be attentive to your kingdom? Would you help me be attentive to your truths that define uh, your kingdom? And would you help those truths to play out in my life so that my own greatness isn't 
affirmed, but rather your greatness is affirmed. I don't know if those help or not, but they were encouraging to me uh, this week as I thought about God's greatness. David doesn't stop with greatness, though. He also uh, highlights God's goodness. And I want us to look at that for just a brief second. It's the same question, though, I think that we could use to get at. Has anyone's goodness ever moved you? Uh, so deeply for that person that you couldn't help but adore them or love them. David uses two ideas to highlight God's goodness. It's the ideas of uh, provision and protection. If you look at the way God describes, the way David describes God, um, it's some of the most beautiful language in Scripture. It's some of the most intimate here in uh, Psalm 145. uh, Help for the inadequate food for all the creatures, answers for those who pray, and protection for um, those who pray. It's worth uh, thinking about, and I, it kind of struck me this week, I was thinking, you know, have you ever, surely, and surely you have, have you ever been the recipient of someone's goodness? You know, someone does a kind gesture or something good to you, and you're the recipient of it. David lists several acts of goodness here that are life-changing and life-giving, and they all come from one source. Like your spouse or your best friend or your sibling or your grandparent could do something good for you, but they're not going to be the source of all goodness to you. And that's what David is describing here. God, everything that you are and all the goodness that you give comes to me and I'm overwhelmed by it. Look at verse 14 with me. And I know you've felt this, uh, that you were just falling, you were lost, you're hopeless, you're a failure. You're just broken broken seemingly beyond repair. I felt that. David says literally with like this imagery, God swoops in behind you and when your arms are, when you're just flailing, God lifts you up. That's the imagery that David wants us to have. Verse 15, this beautiful creation, it's cared for, it's cherished, it's loved. God cares about every living creature so much so that he provides Uh, them with uh, food. Verse 17 uh, through 19, everyone's been in a place where, I'm almost certain everyone in this room's been in a place where you thought no one understood. Where you thought no one understood, you thought no one would listen, and you certainly thought no one would help. And yet David says the Lord is, in verses 17 through 19, the Lord is near, He fulfills desires, He hears, He saves. You can't get that. Um, Not in this, not in this uh, sum total, you can't get that anywhere else. And certainly in verse 20, I know I've felt this numerous times, um, scared and alone and helpless. And David says, the Lord is so good Because he literally watches over every movement you make. Like a new parent over their newborn. 
That is goodness like you can't experience um, anywhere else. It'd be one thing if God wrote these words and we just had to hope to experience them. Like, you know, I, I think I've experienced some of these things, but I'm not sure I've experienced the others, so I'll just have to wait um, to see if God will do them in life. God goes a step further. By sending his son, Jesus, who embodied every single act of goodness that David describes here in Psalm 145. Think with me. David literally is talking about Jesus, who lifted Peter up out of the water when he failed. Right? He lifted Peter up, who cares for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. How much more then will he care uh, for his most prized uh, creation? Whose goodness extends uh, to us because he promised to be so near he would take up his residence inside of us uh, through the Holy Spirit. That's a nearness like you can't experience uh, anywhere else. He watched over his disciples. Even when he told his uh, disciples to watch and pray and they fell asleep, Jesus still watched over them and was good to them and cared for them. Uh, it's goodness personified. It's the brilliance of uh, not only God's work, uh, but of David's uh, words through Jesus. A couple of encouragements along that way uh, to hopefully help you um, think toward God's goodness uh, to you. Maybe uh, the way he was good to you, to you last week or maybe uh, in anticipation of his goodness um, this week. Uh, one is worship and celebration. You know, we experience goodness every day. And I hope I've helped you to be able to see we experience goodness, but not this type of goodness. Like, not this type of goodness that's so comprehensive and so full. Uh, there certainly are other acts of kindness and goodness that deserve to be appreciated. And we certainly need to be thankful uh, for. But this kind of goodness deserves to be worshipped. With all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength regularly. And so I think that's one of the encouragements in examining God's goodness is like it's everywhere um, the anticipation factor though I think is is another encouragement uh, if the cross is what uh, is what it is and if Jesus is who he says he is and if uh, the resurrection is what it is and Jesus loves us this much that he would die for us to usher us back to the Father. Can we not anticipate this type of goodness on a, a daily basis? This type of goodness that's honestly, I mean, you've got a good example. This type of goodness that's signified and sealed in blood and in bread. The type of goodness that is uh, still always there even uh, though we may not feel, feel it. I oftentimes get the sense that um, God's goodness is so near and very clear, I just struggle to see it because I'm so distracted or looking for it in only uh, the ways I want to receive it. In other words, uh, God, certainly you've been good, but I want you to be good to me in this way. 
Um, and that's, that's not necessarily the way God works because that puts me in the position of God and uh, takes him off the throne. Or we look for his goodness in these like mountain-moving type situations. And oftentimes, God works in the little mustard seed type situations. And so oftentimes, our expectation and our anticipation is just a little jaded by what we uh, expect. Um, This type of goodness, even if not experienced, you can be assured that even if you're not experiencing this type of goodness and this type of greatness, the Scriptures promise that you will soon And even if you don't soon, you will for eternity. That's encouraging in and of itself enough uh, to anticipate and to continue to worship uh, and to celebrate. It's a blessing to live uh, in the recollection of God's greatness and His goodness that is the same yesterday and is the same today. And will be the same forever. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word that I mean, you said it, it. It is able to, it's able to get in there so deep that it separates um, what's good and bad, what's dark and what's light, um, and divides it out uh, so that we clearly see. Um, not only our own struggle, um, but we also clearly see who you are in the fullness of uh, your greatness and your goodness. Thank you for sending Jesus to us, Lord, uh, who um, embodied greatness and embodied goodness, um, what, what we certainly were created to be and yet struggle so uh, desperately um, to find Thank you for sending him not only as an example, uh, but for sending him uh, to be uh, the sacrifice that would atone for our lack of greatness and would atone for our lack of goodness. Um, As we come to your table uh, this morning, um, this afternoon, uh, Lord, would you help us to um, behold your greatness? Would you help us to behold uh, your goodness. Uh, We ask these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.